So many of my children are crying out, wanting a greater revelation of me. They want to understand me. They want to know more about me. But I would ask you, how much more of a revelation of me, of who I am, and what I can do, would you want beyond what is recorded in my word? I have given to you the fullness of the revelation of who I am, what I can do, what I will do, how I act, what I think, how I speak. All of this is recorded in my word. When my children cry out to know me, as if they don't know me, what they're actually saying is, I don't want to spend time in your word, O God. I'd rather have you move sovereignly or uniquely in my life to bypass your word. But I would have you know, that's not how I work. I gave you my word so you could know me, so you could understand me. And the more that you get into my word is the more you are going to understand what I will do in your life, how I will help you, how I will speak to you, how I will deliver you. All of these things that you seek are already recorded in my word. I encourage you, get into my word because it is a written form of my life. It is me in print form. Get into my word. Read it. Sow it deeply into your heart. Meditate in my word. The more you do, is the more that these questions you have about me will be answered. So I want you to understand. You can know as much about me as you desire, but you must get in my word, because through my word you will receive the revelation of these things. I have hidden nothing from you, and I am holding nothing back. But I am saying, get into my word, read it closely, and come to the place of understanding who I am, what I am, what I will do, how I will help you, how I'll move in your life, and on and on. I want you to know me I know you, and the more that you know me is the more that we will walk in fellowship together. I am not a mystery to you. Get in my word and receive these revelations. I will reveal myself to you and show you great things about who I am to you as your Father, says the Spirit of the Lord. 
Would you please turn to Psalm chapter 12? You know, uh, the last few weeks, well, a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, the reading assignment has been through the book of Psalms. And, <laughs> you know, I've been going through this and reading it. And let's face it, you know, you read the Bible and there's a tendency to kind of forget things you read because there's a lot in there. So as I'm going through and I'm reading Psalms, uh, like, man, you know, I forgot how great this is. But if you have any questions at all about whether or not God is involved in what's going on in this world, just read the book of Psalms. I mean, over and over and over again. Uh, you know, the writers in Psalms, David wasn't the only person that wrote in Psalms, but you know, they put out these questions. Oh, God, the heathen are this, and the bad people are doing that, and so forth. But God, He will revenge and revenge, and He'll do this, and He'll do that. God is moving. Just because He didn't do it today the way you think He should have, doesn't mean He isn't. He is moving, and He has not forgotten the righteous. Praise God. Sometimes it almost seems like we don't really mean to get this kind of an idea, but sometimes it seems like we think uh, we're really special and that bad stuff really shouldn't be happening to us. And then when it does, it's like, well, God, where are you? Well, if you just read in the book of Psalms, I mean, there are some of these Psalms where it's like, you know, all these bad people are coming at me. They're saying bad things about me. They're trying to kill me. God, where are you? Ah, I know. You will go before me. You will deliver me. You will fight my battles and so forth. So, be encouraged, guys. If you need encouragement, read the book of Psalms. Just, man, I'm telling you, it's powerful. So anyway, Psalm chapter 12. Look at verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. In other words, there is no impurity in the word of God. Absolutely None. Now look in Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And go to one verse. Verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In other words, it, it's settled as it's cemented in. Well, if it's cemented in there in heaven, then guess what? By the time it reaches us, it is cemented in. It's not going to change, no matter what. It's not going to change. Now in Isaiah 55, turn over there. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8. God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So God is, I mean, he's telling you right here, my word won't return void. And where he talks about my thoughts aren't yours, 
My ways aren't yours. You know, the heavens are higher than the earth. Well, my ways are higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. We have, as Christians, and all of us have gone through this, it's like we expect God to think the way we think and move the way we move. And he's saying right here, look, I'm not like that. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than yours. And sometimes, well, it's almost like we start to get a little angry with God because we don't understand. Well, you're talking about somebody <clears throat> who can create a universe where nothing existed before. I mean, he, he, the universe did not exist, and so he created it. That is amazing. But then he filled it with planets and stars and all this. Then he picked one planet, and he put plants and animals and people. My goodness. And we expect him to be at our level. No, it doesn't work like that. He's not at our level. There, there comes a point to where you cannot fully comprehend deity. In other words... God, how did you create the universe? <laughs> and do you realize what a difficult question that is for him? It's like, how did I create the universe? Okay, well, Genesis 1, I spoke. Yeah, God, I know that. But how did you create the universe? Well, I said, let there be, and there was. I get that. But how did you create the universe? How could God explain deity? Now, we could, well, we had that prophecy a few moments ago. If we read the Word, we can understand who He is, how He's going to move in our lives, so on and so forth. But as far as, we don't have a deity mind, to put it like that. But He says, in the same way that the rain comes down, waters the earth, and then you end up with crops, my Word operates the same way. Once it leaves my mouth, there will be a crop that is produced. Now this is a guarantee. So as we go through the Bible, we read these things in Scripture, promises God has made, that's His Word. And it will not return void. Now look in Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. Let me just say another thing about all this. Human logic does not work with deity words doesn't work. Okay? So, that, that's why God said, you need to have some faith here, because you're not going to understand a deity mindset with your human logic, so just have some faith that I know what I'm doing. Well, in Mark chapter 13, look at verse 31. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So now what we've done in these few passages we've read, we have established that God's word is dependable, it is reliable, he doesn't lie, his word is settled, his word is pure, and his word works. That's the way it is. His word works. Now turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
And we're going to pick this up in verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally, as he will. Now, when you look at this, obviously we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he says here that um, when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to move, well, he may decide to move on one individual to speak forth a word of wisdom. He may move on another individual to speak forth a word of knowledge. And then he may move on a totally different individual to deliver prophecy. And then we have tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Now we're not tonight spending time to talk about well, what is the word of wisdom and what is the word of knowledge. No. All we're establishing is that the Holy Spirit will move on people as he desires to give these words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophetic words, and then you have the um, tongues and interpretation. I'll turn over to 2 Peter. 2 Peter, chapter 1. And here in check, uh, 2 Peter, chapter 1, just go to verse 20. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So what we see here is kind of a variation on the theme of the gifts of the Spirit as far as the Holy Spirit moving on people, speaking to them, and then they turn around and some of the things that they would repeat, they would speak, and we could read some of that in Scripture, both Old and New Testament, as far as, and the word of the Lord came to so-and-so, and he said, but then it's also written in here. So we're seeing this relative to, you know, the, the prophecy uh, came not in old time, but, you know, as God spoke to people and delivered his word through them to them. Now look over in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, verse 11. Jesus says, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Verse 24. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Now how are they going to deceive the very elect? With the signs and wonders? No, it's with the words. It's with what they say. And he says, um, they're going to show great signs and wonders. All right. A sign and a wonder is not only what we would call a miracle healing or something like that. But a sign and wonder is also the, um, well, the gifts of the Spirit. 
word of wisdom, word of knowledge, you know, the prophecy and, and tongues and interpretation and so forth. Anybody can make it up. You understand that, don't you? I mean, anybody can do that, and some of you probably experienced some of that. But he says here that false prophets shall rise and deceive many because of their words. Now turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Look at one verse, all the way at the end of Deuteronomy 18, verse 22. When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is, the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him, thou shalt not respect him. Now, what we've seen is that God's word will not fail. We've also seen that there are gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves on people, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, prophecy, and so on. And we see that um, false prophets are going to rise and deceive people. And then we see how that if a prophet speaks something in the name of the Lord, which what, what goes on today in churches. Well, not every church, but, you know, yeah, yeah the Lord says such and such. Okay. And uh, if it doesn't come to pass, well, then you might want to stay away from that prophet. Now, what's happening, and, it's, and I've seen this, and it's gone on for a long time. But you're going to see an increase of this because of what Jesus said. False prophets are going to arise. It has to do with Christians who are seeking personal prophetic words for their lives. Now, I've seen that so many times. I mean, I've been guilty of it too. And, you know, if you want to, um, if you want to have good attendance... Just bring in a guest speaker who is known to operate prophetically. And people are going to show up. And it's not because they want to hear good teaching. It's because they want to get a word from the Lord. And there, many times people are disappointed when they don't get it. That's happened here. <laughs> people... We've had, you know, Pastor Dave Roberson was used a lot in prophecy. He'd call people out and minister to them, give them words. He'd have prayer lines, minister to the people, give them words, and so on and so forth. And because that reputation went before him, we had people show up in the services when we would have our conferences. And there were some folks got upset when they did not get called out and given a word. I actually had people... I've been approached. Well, you know, I thought for sure he's going to call me out. Now, I'm not quoting word for word, but this is kind of what was said. I thought for sure he's going to call me out. Well, I don't know why he didn't give me a word. I mean, I thought for sure I was going to get a word tonight, so on and so forth. And, you know, I hear things like that, and it's like, you ought to be joking me. You know, you came here for that? Well, if that's your motivation, then... I don't blame God for not giving you a word. Because you need to grow up. In fact, you know what? 
If you spend enough time with God, you're going to learn how to get your own words. But you have a lot of people who are Christians who are dependent on getting a word from God. And I know years ago, a long time ago, um, you know, Kathy and I were first married, and I, she'd never, well, she didn't grow up in church, I did. But we're now experiencing what you would call the full gospel or the charismatic or whatever you want to call it, you know, move of God, to where there were signs, wonders, gifts, healings, blah, blah, blah. But there were prophecies. And I can remember when God would begin to move, didn't matter who the preacher was, when God would begin to move and prophetic words were given to people, you know, there was this thing of, you know, can I get one too? I mean, you didn't say that, didn't act like that, but I mean, you're sitting there kind of hoping, you know, oh, I want to get called out. I want to get a good word. Because everybody anticipates that when they get called out and they get a word, it's going to be good. That there won't be any rebuke to it. That there won't be something like, yeah, yeah, the Lord is revealing to me that you need to stop watching the pornography. Oh, that's embarrassing. It's like, oh, I shouldn't have come tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, you came to get a word. You got one. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that would happen. And I was like that too. Kind of, you know, I want a word. I want to get a word from God. And then when you get one, it's kind of like, hey, everybody, I got a word from God. Did you hear that? I got a word from God. And, and usually, always. I, I don't know that I've heard really any kind of stern rebuke. Uh, I just don't recall. It's been, you know, I mean, we're talking like four decades here, okay? But people want to get that word from God. Now, <laughs> when, when you show up to a service... And you're waiting the whole service to get a prophecy. You have missed what God was doing in the service. As Christians, we need to mature to the point to where, well, if I get one, I get one. If I don't, I don't. And that's the way it is. And I really, I'm at the point now to where um, I, I'd rather you not give me one. I mean, you can if you want to. <laughs> you know, if God moves on you, that's okay. But that's not why I'm here. You know, I'm here with everybody else to have an experience with God. That's why I'm here. And I would rather, I mean, all the words I've received over the years, you know, at this point, I just want to be fed. Fed from the Word. Well, anyway. When you read the Bible, you see all these prophecies. They're going to come to pass, whether you think so or not. So when Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom, then guess what? It's going to be like that. And it doesn't matter who gets elected into the government. It's going to happen. And we're at a place now in this country, it's happening so much that it is really, okay, with God all things are possible. Yeah, I know. But God doesn't run the government of this country. I mean, you do know that, right? It's at the point now to where it's going to be impossible to change all these laws. 
You know, we're not going back to the good old days. Some of these things might be changed. I know abortion, Roe versus Wade was overturned, but abortion was not outlawed. You understand that too, right? It wasn't outlawed. You can still get an abortion. So these prophecies in Scripture are going to come to pass. The book of Revelation, all that stuff that's revealed in there, the bad stuff, it's going to happen. And I don't care how many people pray and fast, it's going to happen. Not because that's what God really wants, but because humanity is <laughs> degenerating to the point to where humanity opens the door for all that stuff to happen. That's just the way it is. So it's going to happen. As it was in the days of Lot. As it was in the days of, of Noah. As it was, it's all going to happen. All of it. Including a move of God in these last days. It's going to happen. There are prophecies about that as well. But then, you have these prophecies that have taken place in church services where you get called out and, um, you know, brother so-and-so or, or ma'am, I don't think we've ever met, whatever, but, you know, the Lord is showing me such and such and God says this is what it will be and how you are too and so on and so forth. And so people get these words. And then the service is over and, you know, wow, they're, they're really excited, got this word. So they wake up the next morning looking for that word to be fulfilled. Well, no, didn't get fulfilled. So then they wait around a few days, didn't get fulfilled. <laughs> wait around a few more days, didn't get fulfilled. A few weeks, a few months, a year goes by, two years go by, five years go by. It's not fulfilled. And I remember uh, in a conversation with somebody who... I was in the service where this happened. Uh, this person was called out by someone who was known to be used of God prophetically. And the person, I don't remember the exact prophecy, but it did have to do with financial increase. And what I understand now, looking back on it, it was a prophecy about this person being a gospel entrepreneur and funneling a whole lot of money into the gospel. And uh, anyway, you know, time had passed, a few years had passed. And this person was talking, said, yeah, you know, you know, he prophesied over me, you know, it never happened. And I didn't say anything, but I'm thinking, something's not right. Because that person, that minister has a reputation of, being used prophetically, he prophesied over you, and here we are, four years later, and you're saying, well, you know, it never happened. Now, granted, people can miss it. I get that. Even people today that are known to operate prophetically can miss it. I mean, it's happened here in this church. People have missed it. Don't come and ask me, who was it, Brother Martin? No, I'm not telling you. But it can happen. So then the question is, okay, if this was really a word from God, then how come it didn't come to pass? Well, then my question would be, do you not realize it hasn't yet come to pass? You're saying, why didn't it 
And I'm saying it hasn't yet. Remember what God said. My word when it goes forth, it's like seed that's sown. And then he says, it, it gives, you know, food for the eater. Okay, you do realize there's a growing process there, right? Seed gets sown, and you have to give it time to grow and produce the fruit so you can eat. When God gives a prophetic word to an individual, from his perspective, it will come to pass. But there's a catch. It's not always up to God. And you can say, well, now, hold on here. Whatever God says, it'll come to pass. From his perspective, it'll come to pass. But it's not always on God. Look over, look over in Mark chapter 4. In fact, when you get a prophetic word from God, most of the, the, uh, the whole aspect of it being fulfilled and manifested in your life is on you. It's on you as the individual. Now look here. In Mark chapter 4, look at verse 14. Jesus said, the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, that when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure. But for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches. And other, in Luke it talks about the, the deceitfulness, the pleasures of the world. Uh, the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And when you look over in, you don't have to turn to this, but in uh, Matthew and in Luke, where it talks about that, it talks, it's uh, verse 20, these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word in a good and honest heart, they hear it, receive it, understandeth it, keep it, and then they bring forth the fruit. The, the 30, 60, the 100 fold. Okay, now, do you realize that a prophecy from God is a word from God and it is truth? It's truth. The word in Mark chapter 4 is truth. But a word of prophecy, think of it like this the sower soweth the word. To use this as an illustration, the person being used in the gift of prophecy soweth the prophetic word into the life of the individual. You follow me? And these are they by the wayside where the prophetic word is sown, but when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. You know, how in the world does he do that? <laughs> and I'll, I'll be sharing a little bit more about this. But... Have any of you ever received, don't, don't respond, okay? Just sit there and uh, give me the answer in your imagination. 
Have any of you ever received a personal prophetic word? Okay. What was it? Oh, I don't know, Brother Martin. My point exactly. My point exactly. And we've all been guilty of that. Those of us who received a personal word from God, how in the world can you expect it to fully manifest if you don't even know what it was? Are you following this? So what's happened is, well, we've been influenced to, to not take it seriously. But he says, and these are they likewise who receive the prophetic word, but it's sown on stony ground. And, you know, when they've heard, immediately they receive it with gladness. Oh, praise God, I got a word from the Lord during this service. The prophet spoke, glory to God. But they have no root in themselves. All they endure for a time, but when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. I thought that prophet said I was going to be rich. And now I have no money in the bank. It's been like this for months. Persecution, affliction, for the word's sake. And then it says, These are they which are sown among thorns, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, the pleasures of life, so on entering in, choke the word, it becometh unfruitful. Choke the prophecy, it becomes unfruitful. You see, when we read Mark 4, we always read that exclusively as what's written in Scripture. But this also includes a prophetic word from God. Look, do you realize the entire Bible started as a prophetic word from God? The whole Bible did. And somebody wrote it down. Isn't that interesting? They heard from God, they wrote it down. So, what do we do when we receive a prophetic word? Look in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. Now look here in verse, I'll pick it up in verse 1. Acts 13 verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereto, whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Now here's a prophetic word right there. They're, they're seeking God, and in the middle of a service, a prayer service or whatever, everything they were doing, the Holy Ghost speaks. We don't know for sure who the Holy Ghost spoke through. But he said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And so they laid their hands on those fellows, prayed for them, and sent them on their way. Now what if, what if, <laughs> Saul and Barnabas left that meeting and went home and spent every day watching TV. Well, they didn't have TV back then. Okay. They went down to the Colosseum and watched the chariot races. Okay. In other words, they left, they leave that, and they go and they sit around waiting for God to move to bring it to pass. You know what would have happened? Nothing. Nothing. 
They'd, just, they'd still be sitting there today waiting. Well, God said He'd separated us. Going to, you know, something about a work that He called us to perform. So we're waiting. We're waiting. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't, unless God's specific word was sit down and wait. <laughs> Which, you know, that can be it. But, you see, a prophecy is relative, the, the fulfillment of the prophecy is relative to your walk with God and His timing. For example, if you get a word from God and that word says, one week from tonight, such and such, okay, you know. But do you understand most words aren't like that? Most words are, I say unto you, that I am going to, and I am going to, and I am going to, and this will, and so on and so forth. All right? But then what we typically do is put a time frame on that word, and it's like, okay, if it's not fulfilled by, then it really wasn't a word from. And then, when it doesn't happen, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Okay, do you remember uh, that guy named, um, oh, what, the fellow that built that big boat? Noah. He received a word from God, did he not? God said, build me an ark. And Noah says, why? God says, I'm sending a flood. And Noah says, a what? And God says, a flood. And God lets him know, anyway, for roughly 100 years, Noah is working on gathering all the materials, drawing out the plans, then he starts building the ark, so on and so forth. But what if he just sat there and said, well, I'd build the ark, but with what? I mean, you know, craftsman hasn't been invented yet. We don't have power tools. And even if we did, we don't have electricity yet. So what am I supposed to do? What if he just sat around? No, he didn't. He acted on what God told him to do. He knew he had to go out there and cut down the trees. And he, there was manual labor involved. God didn't send angels to cut down the trees. God had Noah do this work. A prophecy is, the, its fulfillment and manifestation is relative, relative to our walk with God and His timing. And too many people, when they get a word, they just kind of, they got a word and okay, you, know, you expect it to happen, and then it doesn't. Well, have you, cons- or think, let, me, let me ask you this. What if God were to say, call you out and say, okay, you know, Brother Guido, the Lord has a word for you. I have called thee to be a voice to the nations. I have called you to preach the gospel. I have called you to deliver my word, and so on and so on and so on and so on. And so there's Brother Guido said, whoo-hoo, boy, that's exciting. And so for the next five, six years, I mean, man, every time the doors of the church open, he's there. And he's waiting, 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 waiting. But then, you know, something bad happens in life. And Brother Guido... Well, he starts drinking, you know. Then he starts smoking dope, like a dope. And then he starts watching porn. 
Then he starts cheating on his wife. But he got a word from God. God wanted him to preach. God was going to send him out. you think God's going to do any of that at this point? No. He's not. The person I told you about earlier that said, well, I got a word, you know, I got a prophecy, it never came to pass. That person ended up drinking, ended up divorced, ended up with another woman. Yeah, I guess it's no wonder the prophecy didn't come to pass. Because once you receive a prophecy, if you don't keep pressing into God, then guess what? There's a really good chance that prophecy is never, ever going to come to pass. Because you see, God doesn't give you a prophetic word and then say, but hey, in the meantime, go out and sin. <laughs> go out and live like the devil. Because you have a word from me. Well, no, it doesn't work like that. And too many Christians seem to have this idea that once they get a word from God, you can just kind of sit back, wait, and it's going to happen. No. No, it's not. God does not walk by faith for you. We have to walk by faith. That's up to us. And deliverance, you know, people talk about deliverance services. And I can see the merit for some of that, but for the most part, no. Because of what I understand takes place in some of the deliverance services. We'll pass out bags. And here in a little bit, we'll all be barfing up demons. And I'm not making that up. It goes on. And so, genuine deliverance, or a genuine prophetic word, you know, that does not change your attitude or your faith. Unless you make the effort to press into God, to get to this place spiritually to where that prophetic word can come to pass. And so you have a lot of Christians out there probably living in an extreme amount of disappointment because I got a word from God and it never came to pass. God said something about something and it never happened. It's like, what, what have you done in the meantime? I've been waiting for it to come to pass. Okay, yeah, but have you done anything to facilitate the operation of that word in your life? The Bible says something about God is not willing that any perish, but that everybody come to a place of repentance. That is his will. However, unless we act on that aspect of his will, then guess what? We perish. It's pretty simple. Now, one of the biggest mistakes that I have made when it comes to words that I have received is um, I have not been diligent to attend to these words, to steward these words. And that's on me. But I'm going to give you some heads up here when it comes to seeing a word, a prophetic word, manifest. Now, I, I want to carry this a little bit further. If God knows that you're not going to do anything with a prophetic word, why should he give you one? <laughs> if he knows you're not going to do anything with it, 
If he knows you're just going to get, oh, emotional, happy, wee-hee, I got a word, but that's as far as it goes. Why? Because if he does, then we will be held accountable. I'm going to be accountable for all the words. Um, you know, the Bible talks about holding on, you know, a sure word of prophecy, and that we shouldn't let these things slip, and so on and so forth. Okay, I'm guilty and will be held accountable for all the prophetic words I've received over the last four decades that I was not attentive to. That's on me. But I'm going to give you some heads up here when it comes to receiving prophetic words and what to do. And for the process of, um, of growing into the fulfillment and manifestation of that word. Whenever you receive a word from somebody, does it align with Scripture? You know, there are some crazy... There are people, the Lord showed me that you're supposed to be my spouse. Excuse me, but I'm married already. That doesn't matter. You're going to divorce that person or God will strike them dead. Are you nuts? <laughs> no. No. Uh-uh. No. I'm not going to marry you. Trust me. Even if this person I'm married to dies, I'm not marrying you. You're nuts. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> but does it align with Scripture? Does it really align with Scripture? Don't go looking for Scriptures you can pull out of context to say, oh, yeah, there it is. There, there's a, you know, half of that verse confirms this. No. <laughs> no. Does it truly align with God, His character, His nature, His will? If not, it, it, that didn't come from God. But along with that, does it bear witness with your spirit or your flesh? Your spirit or your flesh. Because somebody can come along and give you a prophecy that makes you feel really good about you, but that may only be appealing to your flesh and, and it has nothing to do with the reality of who you are in Christ and what God really wants done. In other words, you've you got to go beyond your emotions. One of the best things that you can do when you receive a prophetic word is let the emotional part of that simmer down and just meditate on it from within. Let the emotions go and then talk to God about this. It's just really sometimes it's obvious it really is from God. But you know, spend some time with him and talk to him about it. But along with that, get an audio recording and a written transcription of that word. Very important. Because and, and this is where I've made my mistakes over the years. I have not been diligent for some of these words that I received, you know, in the past and all. Um, I have not been diligent to get the audio recording or the transcription. Now, sometimes it might be difficult for you to get the audio recording or whatever, and, and, or if you get the audio recording, you can transcribe it yourself. But this is really important because it's a part of, God revealing to you His will for your life. You know, it's really sad there are so many churches out there that don't even believe in this. In essence, what they're saying is, God, we don't need you to speak. We can figure it out on our own. Like, no, nah, you can't. 
You know, humans have been trying that now for about 6,000 years. It ain't working. And it's not going to start working. You need my help. So get a recording and a transcription. And you say, but I've never received a prophetic word from the Lord. That's okay, really. Uh, Don't feel like you're less of a Christian if you've never been called out and given a word. It's all right. It's okay. Because, see, God can give you a prophetic word on your own. Just, Just the two of you. You and God. He can do that. And it's basically the same thing. Transcribe what He gives you. But then you can also verbally record it, like on your phone or some other way, record it so that you can hear it as well as read it. And then review it. Every now and then pull it out and review it. And uh, talk to God about it. Because see, the whole aspect of a personal prophecy is not how soon it comes to pass. It's you Pressing into God, facilitating its coming to pass. That's so very critical. So, yeah, pull it out, review it, but then along with that, confess it. If it's from God, just declare it. You know, Father, you said such and such, and I thank you for the manifestation of this word. If he gave it to you, if he spoke it over you, then it's okay for you to confess it over yourself. This is a prophecy from my Father to me. And then keep pressing into God. Keep pressing into God. Keep pressing into God. You know, the prayer of fasting, worship of the Word. Keep pressing into God. Because what you're doing is building that spiritual capacity, if you will, for the fullness of the manifestation of that prophetic Word to take place in your life. See, a lot of these prophecies, when you go through and you read the Bible, every single prophecy that was given from God, through a person, to a person, or to a people group. It was always about their future, not their past. God might have said something like, you have done such and such, but I say unto you, he's always speaking future tense. And sometimes those prophecies it took some time before they came to pass. Just like, well, here's a simple one. God told David, I appreciate your intention to build me a house, but that's not for you. Your son, Solomon, he will build my house. Well, it was quite a few years before that was done. But what David did was begin assembling the money and building materials for that house. So here they are. So much of it was stored up. And when Solomon comes along, and it's time to start the building, and guess what? It was ready. Materials were ready to get started to build that temple. Well, see, it's the same thing with us. You get a word from God, and right now, you're a David. You're pressing into God Equipping yourself spiritually for the manifestation of that prophecy. It might take two years, five years, ten years. I don't know. I don't know. But when God speaks it from His perspective, it's going to happen. But if we don't come into agreement with Him, as far as our spiritual walk is concerned, it's like we're tying His hands. 
You know, you, you, you get a word that God wants to do something great, then you go back into sin and so forth. You're hindering that word. And you know, here's something to think about. How many prophetic words have people received that their actions have pretty much rendered that word non-effective in their life? It's there, it's alive, but their actions have built a wall to its manifestation. And then when they stand before God, God looks and says, Do you remember on such and such a date, I moved on so and so, and they gave you the following word. And then God hits the play button. (laughs) And that word gets played. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Tell me, what did you do with that word? Oh, well, actually, God, I had forgotten about it until now. He said, okay. (laughs) Now, it's not like God's going to beat you over the head for that. However, yeah, you know, we kind of are missing out on him and a move of God. Beyond the personal words, when God gives a corporate word, the same thing is true. For example, let's say that God gives a prophecy here in this church. I'm going to move in this church. I'm going to bring about revival. I'm co- All right, praise God for that. Worst thing we can do is just sit around and wait. All right, revival, come on, let's go. Let's have it. Now, we keep pressing in because God is saying, this is what I want to do, but I need you to be ready for this move and this manifestation. It's like, okay then. We keep pressing in, pressing in, pressing in, and even though we don't really feel a whole lot happening on the inside, that continual pressing in is creating within us that storehouse for the manifestation to take place. We're not wasting our time. We are preparing for the outpouring. Praise God. So, if you've never received a personal word of prophecy, don't fret. God will speak to you and give it to you one-on-one. If you have received a personal prophetic word and you have access to it, you still have the recording or the transcription, you know, see if you can find that. Dig it out. And go over it again and pray over it again. And ask God to help you to, uh, well, whatever the word is, just ask him to help you do your part with that. Because God wouldn't give you a word if he didn't mean for it to come to pass. So praise God for the, the moving of the Holy Spirit. And if, if you, like I said, if you've never received a prophetic word, if you get around people talking about their prophetic words, don't let it get to you. And you start thinking, well, gee whiz, how come God never says anything to me? Maybe you don't need it. Here's what I mean. Maybe you are spiritually far along to the point to where God knows He doesn't need to move on a preacher to call you out to give you a word because He knows you can hear Him When you're all alone in your car, all alone in the shower, all alone cutting the grass, all alone in the bed, whatever. He knows you don't need it. Regardless, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Glory to God. Please stand.